Hey friends, how are you? I hope you're doing well and staying healthy and safe and taking care of yourselves and the people who are important to you. We just wrapped up week three of life with a new puppy in our household. We figured she'd want to chew on everything she could reach, so we preemptively bought a variety of stuffed and rubber chew toys as well as thick knotted ropes. It was a smart investment as our new dog, Lola, We'll spend sometimes up to 20 minutes working away with her jaws at a squeaky to dog toy. So much so, she destroys, on average, one stuffed squeaky dog toy a day. I'm not kidding. It's, it's to the point where we'll find balls of stuffing all over the floor. You know, that cottony uh, 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 stuffing. Sometimes pieces will be hanging from the dog's mouth, and we have to quickly collect all uh, the destroyed toy pieces and dispose of it before she mistakenly eats it. Uh, I've taken to quickly using uh, credit card reward points to purchase replacement dog chew toys through Amazon. And while we're on the topic of online shopping, did you know I have a brand new novel available for purchase right now in paperback and ebook formats worldwide via Amazon? It's titled, Where Are You Now, Randy Dow? And according to my Uncle Steve, whom I saw this past weekend, it's, quote, okay, end quote. This, <laughs> this is a podcast without ad reads or Patreon, but I would like you to keep in mind that I am a published author with eight books currently available. You can find them all on Amazon by searching my name, Andy Mascola. If you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my stories in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. If you bought any or all of my books, thank you so, so much. I sincerely appreciate it. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. People Are the Enemy listeners, this is episode 140 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for spending time with me. I appreciate it. I hope you're all doing well. It's, uh, well, gee, it's the end of September. Holy moly, we're experiencing a little bit of a, uh, what I'd call Indian summer. Is that, uh, is that uh, politically correct? Should I say Native American summer? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, what that means here in New England is that uh, it's basically, you know, summer's over. We're into autumn now, uh, or fall, as you uh, as you may call it. And, uh, and we get uh, a, a short little stint of ex ex unusually warm days and humid days. And we've got that, that happening right now. So it's at the point where I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't take the... Uh, the air conditioner's out of the window the last two weekends when it was starting to get cold, you know? Uh, anyway, uh, I hope you're doing okay. It's, uh, it's good to be with you. Thank you for spending time with me. Um, I had surgery last week. I, I, I know I'd mentioned I was going to have it. I, I can tell you about it. It's, it was an interesting experience. The only other surgery, and I, I know I mentioned this on the last episode, was I'd ever had previously was, uh, was um, in my mouth. 
when I'd had uh, impacted teeth, wisdom teeth, and I'd had them taken out as a, as a younger guy. But what this was was a cyst on the inside of my, my right knee, if you can picture that. It's, uh, it wasn't anything that was vis visible uh, to the naked eye. Uh, it was under, under my skin, but you, you had to kind of, if, if, to know it was there, unless you were walking around with it as I was and knew it was there all the time, uh, yet you, have to, you had to kind of just uh, feel the inside of my knee and you would have felt the small little bump. And, and I'd had it for, for three or four years and I mentioned it to my, my um, general practitioner the, the moment I'd, I'd found it initially and he said, you know, it's, it's under the surface, it's just there, it's, it's nothing to worry about, it's nothing harmful. Um, but uh, and we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything about it unless it's really bothering you. There's no really need to at this point. And at that point, it wasn't bothering me. But it, within the last year and a half, it started to get ir irritating. It 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 started to I I'd, I'd uh, roll over in the middle of the night and knock my knees together, and uh, it would it would it would hurt really really badly for a good twenty minutes and keep me awake. And also, like if I wore a heavy pant, uh, like a, like jeans or something like that. Uh, and the, 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 the seam in the jeans would, you know, I think I talked about all this stuff last week. I, I apologize. Let me, let me get right to the, if you want to know more about it, you can, you can listen to last week's episode, but anyway, I, I had an appointment. I, I, I met, had a consultation with a surgeon and he explained the procedure to me. I was going to do it in the morning. I wouldn't need to be knocked out. I could go to work right after. I wouldn't have to be driven, et cetera, et cetera. It was a very simple procedure. And uh, it was exactly as described. I, 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 went to, I went to the surgeon's office. You know, interestingly enough, and I, I'll bring this up if only because we're all, we're all in this together, and we're all, uh, have, we're all having this shared experience of wearing masks right now. But I'd had one of those, um, geez, I, 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 like the neck scarf masks. Can you picture those? You, you've probably seen folks wearing them. Uh, not not necessarily a bandana, but almost like a stretchy piece of cloth that, that kind of sits around your neck and you can pull it up over your nose and mouth. And I, I walked into the hospital wearing one of these and they said, you're going to have to have a, a regular, a regular uh, you know, over the ears type mask. You can't wear that. And I didn't, I didn't ask why, but I guess, I guess they're maybe not considered as protective as, as the, uh, as the uh, paper masks, you know, that you wear with the, the over the years, you know, um, I, I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but uh, I, I'd had no no idea, and and I'd acquired this cloth, this cloth um, neck scarf uh, when I was uh, when I rode in a bike rally with my dad a few weeks ago for uh, wounded veterans, and they gave us all like these little um, kind of thank you kits for participating in this event. And uh, my dad, my dad is a veteran. Uh, he's a Vietnam vet. Uh, if you didn't know, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that. But uh, but for the last few years, uh, he signed us up for this this uh, this bike event, and uh, we raced. I say raced, but it was it was more rally. You 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 do it. The the money that you raise goes towards veterans, and uh, to help wounded vets, and uh, a lot of veterans participate in this this uh, this event. And my dad uh, always signs us up for it, and he and I do it together. Anyway, uh, so like I was saying, they they give you these kits, and uh, inside the, the little kit there were there were like coupons to to some local eateries, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to thank you for doing what you for for participating, stickers and whatnot, and then and then yeah, this this one I think it was 
a local uh, medical facility contributed these these scarves, and I had one of these, and I just was I pulled it up. But I guess I guess it's not considered, uh, you know, it's not at least it, it it's not considered medically sound, you know, or 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 protective enough that you should be wearing in a medical facility. So in case you ever think of wearing one into one, maybe maybe get one of those paper paper surgical masks over the years, uh, it, just for the trip to the doctor, so you avoid having to having to have them give you one, which is what happened to me. Anyway, so I, I, <clears throat> sorry about that. I didn't mean to go into that tangent. Anyway, I go in and I, uh, I, uh, I, I wait for about, you know, 20, 25 minutes before I get called into the doctor's office and, and, and I'm brought in with, with, uh, two, two nurses and the doctor eventually comes into the room and it's the three of us there and we're all wearing masks and, uh, the doctor, you know, I, I had shorts on and uh, sneakers and socks, and uh, the doctor says, "Okay, just get up on the table." And uh, he he shaves the area. I'm looking at it right now. It's you know he just uh, shaves the the inside of my knee, where I'm a I'm a hairy fella, so you know he had to do that obviously to get at the uh, the cyst. And then uh, he pushed put a pillow between uh, between my legs, and uh, again the the other the other two the two nurses are there with us, and then he put um like this cloth over my knee uh with a hole in it just so so just so we could only see the the area that he was going to work on and uh it, if you're if you're squeamish don't worry I'm not going to get too graphic with this at all I I'm squeamish I you know this is nothing that I wanted to see and I didn't you know that was a you know as a I I suppose to as a, as a reveal, I I should tell you now that I did I didn't look, so I didn't watch the the actual procedure. But I will tell you this was interesting because he gave me a topical anesthetic that was lidocaine, and I'd never had this before. And he said, "Yeah, you're gonna feel a pinch and then a burning sensation." And I thought, "Okay, you know I can handle this, I'm sure." And the pinch was bad, you know, you know as as bad as a as bad as a needle under your skin can be. Um, but the burning sensation, holy crap! Like I, I didn't. Like it was like, like wow, the fire, and it burned. Like I could feel it, and I thought maybe just a little bit of heat. No, it was like a literal, like, like felt like, you know, like uh, I suppose, I suppose if you've ever burned any part of your your arm, you know, or or um, your hands, you know, and you, it it hurts and you pull away really quickly. But it was this this sensation right where the surgery was to take place for a good 20 seconds to the point where like I couldn't you know I wanted to scream you know it was that bad you know and I and and, and I you know obviously didn't want to scream in front of these strangers you know, <laughs> you know and, and I, you know I don't consider myself necessarily a tough guy and I uh, you know I, I get I, I I give blood anytime I can and that's never a problem you know I Obviously, I have to do lab work before my, my yearly physical, and that's never a problem, so I have no problem taking a needle, but this sensation was just is so intense. And what I ended up doing, again, to, to stop myself from screaming, was I just gritted my teeth and, you know, pushed my head back into the pillow, and I just, I rubbed the back of my arm across my forehead, back and forth across my forehead like crazy. And it was just to, just so, like, there was another sensation happening that I could kind of concentrate on while this this extreme pain burning right uh, on, on uh, right near my cyst was taking place. 
and again, it lasted for about 20 seconds, and I was kind of going, ah, you know, kind of like that, you know, again, not screaming, but really just kind of like breathing really heavily and like I said, just like grinning, grinning my teeth, you know, and just, just rubbing my, 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 my arm back and he was saying, just be another minute, just be okay. And there's like, you're okay. You're all right. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And then as soon as it, it had dissipated and it just kind of, um, slowly went away after again, about 20 seconds of this intense, intense pain. Um, I just started laughing. Like I couldn't stop, like, I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like that, right? And I was like, that, that that was wild. I said that was wild. And it wasn't like it wasn't like this uh, this lidocaine. I was allergic to it or anything like that, or it was intended to make you laugh. It was it was just that that's the the sensation and that feeling and that moment was just so. It took me out of myself for a minute and just was so unexpected and just I guess I guess that I I just that it happened, and I felt that intense pain, uh, and and. Believe me, I'm not the kind of person who gets pleasure from, derives pleasure from pain at all. It's just, I think that just having that happen and then coming out the other end of it, you know, after it had completely dissipated, he said, that's, that's the worst it's going to feel. I just couldn't stop laughing. I thought it was just, uh, I think I was just happy. And I just kept saying, that was so wild. That was wild. And I suppose it's like, you know, if you're the kind of person who has any kind of, um, pain ideations where you think about like, whoa, what would it feel like to get stabbed in the stomach with this, uh, this knife, you know, or what would it feel like to, you know, you know, imagine like these, these horrible scenarios and then, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person who, who thinks about this. I'm a creative type of guy. So I'm constantly thinking about things and scenarios and wondering, um, you know, uh, what kind of reaction a person would have to whatever it is, you know, what be it pleasure or pain. And so then having that happen and, 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 uh, and, experiencing it myself was just kind of like this, you know, just like you feel like, wow, you know, you, I suppose it's like, it's like jumping into, jumping into like a cold, cold river, right? Where you'd be like shocked, like, you know, and then you, you come out and you kind of feel like, hey, you know, I'm alive, hooray, you know, that kind of thing, the polar dip or whatever, you know, I did that once with my grandfather off an island in, uh, northern New Hampshire. It was wild. It was like four in the morning going for a swim like a lunatic. Um, but I was only like nine years old, you know, so it was like, you know, not a big deal, you know. I don't know if it was any be anything I do now. My grandfather obviously was probably in his 60s at the time. Anyway, uh, so, so, okay, so, so let me get back to the story. So anyways, he injects me with the stuff and the lidocaine and the, and the extreme pain, the extreme burning sensation again lasts for just under a half minute and uh, I'm I'm at the other end of it, and I'm laughing hysterically. And uh, there's they really didn't make any kind of comment on my reaction. I I don't know if other people had that reaction. I I have to imagine that other people probably uh, maybe they just keep their mouths shut. I don't know, but uh, but uh, he he didn't put anything in between myself and uh, where he was doing the surgery. And um, and uh, he's I. I said, uh, I said, is it, is it, is it okay to look? He said, you know, you look if you want to. I said, I I'm not going to look, but, uh, do, do other people who have this type of surgery look? And he says, oh yeah, people will get out their phones and take, take video of this. I'm thinking to myself, oh my God. And I said, you know, I said, I don't, uh, I said, and like I've just mentioned, I'm the type of person that has an active imagination. I'm afraid that if I, if I saw a doctor, um, 
making an incision into my flesh that I would kind of replay this over and over in the middle, you know, in the nights when I'd lie down in bed and uh, in the dark and I, I would probably uh, keep myself up at night just, just thinking about what the inside of my body looks like. So I I'd had no desire to look, so I didn't. And and I couldn't feel anything. You know what I mean? He was he was working there just, you know, again, what I'm looking now is probably what I see from here to, to here, one foot, two foot, maybe about, you know, three and a half feet down my body. And I'm lying back and all I have to do is, you know, drop my eyes down to see what's going on. But I did not. And it wasn't like there was blood spraying all over the place or anything like that. It, the incision he made, I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's, it's probably maybe just under an inch long. It's not, not long at all. And, and what he took out of me was about the size of a pearl, you know, very tiny. Um, and he did, he did ask me when he had the cyst out of my body, he said, do you, do you want to see it? And I said, sure. And I, I looked up and there it was, this little, little, little kind of pearl, you know what I mean? And uh, I said, okay, now you can send it to outer space. I don't know why I said that. Uh, and I don't think he sent it to outer space, but he put it in a little cup and I think it goes for processing or testing or some, something else. But uh, regardless, it was out and, and, and then he, he stitched me up and then put a band-aid over it and uh, and a bandage that I could shower with. And uh, I showered with the bandage on for, you know, for two days and then the bandage peeled off real easily and then the the, the bandage fell off, the, 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 the band-aid fell off and it's been exposed for the last couple of days and it's it's been fine, it's been great. He did a great job. I haven't felt any pain. He didn't give me any kind of um, medicine for the pain. He said, you know, I said, what do I do to manage the pain? He said, if there's any pain, you can take Advil or Tylenol. Uh, but the only thing I've had is an itch, which I, I've been told means it's healing. And I haven't scratched it, believe me. I don't want to have to go back for, for another time, you know, to if I screw up his work here. But uh, you can't even see the stitches. He did an excellent job. But uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm very, very relieved to have it out, and I'm happy to, to report. I've been sleeping fine and haven't had any issues where I, you know, hit my knees together and 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 wake up in pain so it's it was a success not not, not that i'm looking to, to have anything like this ever done again hopefully i i don't knock on wood but um but uh it's uh it's done so you know i wrote some things to to down to talk about one of them was the surgery obviously uh i i you know i saw my cousins i mentioned in my monologue at the the opening of the show that that uh, i saw my uncle this weekend i saw my uncle and, and my aunt and my and two of my cousins at a park in uh, Sturbridge, Massachusetts, uh, we'd met them there before. They they live in Connecticut, which is about a three, three little over three hour drive uh, south from where I am in uh, southern New Hampshire. And so what happens is that they they drive up and and we drive down and we meet them about halfway at this park in Sturbridge. And uh, we brought the dog and oh my God, was this an was this an adventure with the dog? I don't know what the dog thought was going on. You know, we put, we, we have a crate for the dog and we thought, my wife and I thought it was like, oh, we'll, we'll bring the dog in the crate. We'll put some, some uh, sheets down so, so the dog can, can rest on the way and some toys in the back and she'll be fine. And, uh, and uh, when we get to the park, then we'll have fun with the dog. And we brought some, we brought toys for the dog and food for the dog and everything you need for to, you know you're gonna have a dog out for for uh, a few hours at a at a park right so you know some toys some food um lots of paper towels you need that but then you have a dog um, i don't know if you knew that anyway you can imagine okay so i get the dog in the car and 
that wasn't easy because as soon as as soon as she saw the 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 trunk of my wife's car open and she saw the crate in there with the door open which is the same crate that she came out of when you know we brought her home the first time she froze up she did not want to go near it and i had to literally pick her up and put her into the crate uh onto the sheets here and then close everything up and and my wife and i drove drove down um and we stopped at one point and i got out of the car and i looked in the back my wife said how's she doing and the the poor thing had drool coming out of either side of her mouth and it was just like dangling and there was drool all over the sheet and i saw it and it was just her nerves she was just terrified and and i was like oh my god honey she's really really scared so my wife said well let's just get there so we can get her out of the car so we get there you know and again it's about an hour and a half drive south we get there my wife and i are anxious to get the dog out of the car we we open the trunk the dog has has vomited all over the sheet and urinated and she just looks terrified the poor thing and we just felt terrible my wife and it felt so bad we're looking at her like oh no you know because we love this dog you know but fortunately we brought everything to take care of her we brought brought these wipes these scented wipes that are specifically meant for for uh, for your dog like you can clean their fur with them so fortunately i'd remembered to pack those we opened up the trunk and we we wrapped up uh, all the sheets with the with the with the vomit on them and the urine, and we had to throw out a toy that was that was you know a stuffed toy that was covered in urine, and the poor thing was just just traumatized. We felt so bad. I imagine she she probably thought that she was leaving, you know, she was going to leave us, that we were going to hand her off to somebody else, maybe, or maybe it was just the ride that she didn't like the ride. I don't know. You know, when she came home with us initially, she was okay in the back seat of the car. She sat with my, our daughter and. The dog was curled up, and she was fine the whole ride. Didn't get sick, etc., etc. But uh, this trip, uh, this hour and a half trip uh, down to Sturbridge, Massachusetts, it, you know, it just just traumatized her. So, so we had to clean her all up, and we got her out. We gave her some water. We introduced her to the family, and the family loved her, and she loved the family, thankfully. And and she had a great time at the park. I'm happy to say, she found two snakes. <laughs> <laughs> they were dead, but, you know, she found two snakes. She walked everywhere, went in the water. Uh, she let little kids pet her. Um, she played with another dog down by a, down by a lake. She had an excellent day, and I'm happy to report that on the way home, there was there was no it's nothing similar to what we experienced going, going down. We got her back. Fortunately, I brought another sheet, so we put down a fresh sheet, after cleaning the the crate out and throwing out the old sheet, we put a fresh sheet down. We anticipated that one might get ruined. And driving back, um, uh, she she there was nothing when we got we got home. She was fine. She was uh, there was no vomit, no urine. Uh, she she seemed to be okay. We kept saying we're gonna go home now. We're gonna go no home now, honey. It's okay. And uh, and I think she. I think she understood, you know, dogs are fairly intelligent, even though she's still just a puppy. I think she, I think she understood that she was, we were taking her back home and fortunately she was okay. We didn't have the, the incident with the drool and the vomit and the urine, nothing like that, nothing like that at all. But oh my gosh, my wife and I were just beside ourselves, you know, worrying about this poor creature, you know. <sighs> but you know, we, we love the dog, you know, what are you going to do? You, 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 you take care of the dog and 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 we're learning because we uh, I I mentioned this before you know neither of us had 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 a dog as an adult you know I uh, my folks had had a dog when I was a baby and I think it bit the ass of some kid who was teasing it with a stick so they had to get rid of it you know 
Not me. Not me. It was some kind of neighborhood kid or something. But, uh, and, and, uh, I think, I think my, my wife's experience, I think it was, they had a dog and it, 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 it had, um, it had ran around a tree and wrapped up one of my wife's sisters, like, like pinned her to the tree. The dog obviously didn't know what it was doing, but I think that might've been the incident where they said, well, we, we have to get rid of the dog. This could be dangerous for the girls. I don't know. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Anyway, well, th you know, thanks for spending time with me and thanks for listening to, to, to these stories. Um, you know, I, I've reached out to, to a few people I, I and I'll reach out to more people. I haven't heard back. I don't know if folks are just busy or, or um, maybe they have uh, other opportunities for other podcasts, but, uh, but if if you if you're one of the if you're listening to the show and you're one of the people that I've reached out to as of late, you know this is this is what the show is. I, I love creative people. I speak to I only speak to people that I'm I'm interest, sincerely interested in talking with, and uh, I would love to have you if if you got one of my invites, I'd love to have you on on the program to talk about what you do creatively. And uh, th there's no gotcha questions or anything like that. I I uh, I have respect for for musicians and and creative folks and. Uh, and I would uh, I would love to help you promote your work. So so please consider it if you, if you if you got an email from me. If you're one of the people who's listening, thinking like oh maybe I'll contact this guy. He asked me to come on his program, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah yeah yeah. It's it's good. And you can check out all, all my other episodes. I, I I talk with a lot of a lot of different people, a lot of creative people. And if not, that's fine too. You know uh, I I don't mind doing the show solo. I kind of like it actually. I don't know how you feel about it, listeners, but. Uh, Again, it's easy for me, and I've always seemed to have things to talk about, so I'm, I'm I have no problem. Uh, do I if I need to go solo? Anyway, I I hope you have a great you know rest of the week, and uh, and I, I hope you're staying safe, and 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 uh, I hope uh, I hope you're doing okay. I really am. I re I, I really do. I, I know it's, there's a lot of news going on the last couple weeks, not not great news. Um, but uh, we're gonna get through this. We're gonna get through this. Hang in there. Uh, we're, we're all in this together, as I said. And we're not gonna talk about the other reference to uh, to that other Disney show that used that seemed to hijack that phrase. We're all in this together. Let's just remember that. This has been episode 140 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. We love you. Peace.